All right, welcome to this June 3rd edition of Stoppage Time. My name is Andrew Hattersley, joined by Ernesto. Um, you'll notice a different voice hosting the podcast today. Juan is out on a well-deserved vacation. Obviously, the Champions League wrapped up this past weekend. The fire are, I think, a bre- I think both sides need a break, honestly. I think... Juan needs a break, and the fire need <laughs> yeah. a break. Mm-hmm. They're uh, they're heading on an international break, coming off a disappointing two nothing loss to Atlanta United. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but first off, I think we got to start with the Champions League and uh, Liverpool come away with a two nothing victory over Tottenham, um, kind of completing a, a pretty impressive season. Um, and and bringing this year full circle after losing to Real Madrid last year, what do you think? I mean, it was it was a, kind of a slow game in a in a in a way. Neither side was really able to get much going. No, and uh, if you recall from our Facebook live show on Friday, one of the things that we talked about was whether this I think it was a three week break. Yeah. Uh, how would it affect both teams, or would it affect both teams? And I think we can safely say that that it did. Maybe the heat had something to do with it, but yeah, the the I don't know it. It was it made for a very not as exciting game as you would have hoped. Yeah, both teams just looked really out of sync, and it wasn't it wasn't a matter of desire or anything like that. Like I, I know we kind of talked about that with Arsenal and Chelsea. Like the first half looked like neither side. It wasn't so much that it was just not being on the wrong, on the same page, and and one of the reasons for that was I think both sides, you know. Welcome back some some stars. Liverpool, welcome back. Um, Firmino, he slotted right into the starting lineup, back with Mo Salah and Harry Kane. And then we saw Tottenham. We 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 were curious going into the game. I know you, you thought they were going to bring him off the bench. Um, we saw him slot right back into the starting lineup and play all 90 minutes, which I thought was interesting. I mean, I, I, I don't know if he, necess- if he necessarily was ready for that. But um, Lucas Mora kind of gets the short end of the stake. Yeah. Uh, on Friday, uh, Corey from uh, Chicago Spurs and I uh, kind of agreed that if Kerry Kane was to feature in this game, it'd probably be best off the bench or we yeah. could have a, a bigger impact again, considering how long it's been since, since he's last played a, a full 90. And it, it showed, uh, especially in that first half, they just weren't able to, to feed him any balls and... Uh, that 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 support behind him in, in Son Erickson and Dele Alli kind of struggled as well, especially in that final third where they couldn't get that last pass. Uh, anytime anytime they tried to to build some sort of of, of move, I don't know if, if none of the players were on the same page, but that pass never reached his intended target, and more often than not, went out of bounds. Yeah, and we also saw Harry Wing, so he came right back into the starting lineup as well. I. Look, in this game, I think Tottenham really played well in the first half, but they just, in the final third, just could never quite get past Liverpool defense. And I thought both fullbacks in this game, Trippier and Rose for Tottenham, Alexander and Arnold for and Robertson for Liverpool, both played really well. And when you look at why a game might have been boring and why it might have been slow, you have to look at defensively. Both sides were pretty locked in. Uh, but on the Liverpool side, yeah, Firmino wasn't good either. Got subbed off early for Liverpool legend now, <laughs> Divock Origi, who's just had an unbelievable second half of the year. And um, you just saw, like, you, you just saw 
Sadio Mane and Mo Salah not be on the same page, which was a little weird. We've seen them, you know, connected so well all all year. And you saw Sadio Mane pretty frustrated at times, throwing his arms up in the air at Musalak, because he did take some shots that were probably forcing it a little bit. Um, but it just it it looked like neither neither star really was able to find its form coming back into the lineup. No, you're right, and I think one of the reasons has to do with uh, that first goal scored. What I think mm-hmm. in the second minute by Liverpool. Yeah. Off a really, really questionable handball. Yeah, we'll get to that in a, in a little. Yeah, I think I don't know. I don't know if Liverpool kind of sat back after that goal, yeah. or, or, or or what have you. But they, they kind of did go away from from their style of that high pressing, trying to hit hit uh, um, um on the counter and whatnot. Uh, basically, kind of like a one eighty from from what we saw in that uh, return look against Barcelona, where they really took it to Barcelona. Even after they scored what the, the first two goals, yeah. Uh, here against uh, Spurs, it seems like it seems like after they scored that first that first goal, Klopp kind of or not Klopp, but like, just like the team in general, kind of like they were trying to play it safe. Yeah, they they were, and I think I one of the the other things I thought was really interesting is sensing that they were playing safe and sensing where they were. We were curious how the battle of the managers was going to take place in this game too. What what sort of adjustments were going to be made? And I thought it was it was telling early in the second half with things not going well that Jurgen Klopp was quick to pull the plug, I think, on Firmino in about the 55th, 60th minute. And um, James Milner was on not long after that either. I thought that was pretty interesting and, and pretty telling of just where they thought the game was going because Lucas Moura, who was so good against Ajax, I don't think they brought him on until the 70th minute or so. And so his impact in the game, they brought him on for Harry Winks, who just didn't have much of an impact on this game. I mean, defensively, he he was solid, but when they needed to, when they needed to start pushing forward, um, I thought that sub could have come quite, quite a bit earlier. I think Juan put in our group message, um, Lucas Mora has to feature in this game, and I thought it was it was a little it was a little too too late when they brought him in. But the other one was Fernando Urente. I thought just looking at you had to take a sense of where Kane was and realize that at some point you had to bring him in for fresh legs because he looked tired by the end of the game. Exactly, and and if you call the the game against Ajax, it, it kind of was uh, alongside Lucas Mora. It was Fernando Urente who kind of stepped up, yeah. uh, kind of bullied those those Ajax defenders and you could argue he's 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 responsible for that third goal where he attracts I think it, it might have been a delete towards him he heads the ball down and winds it, it, it's a way to, to Lucas Mora but yeah it was it was it was surprising that Harry King started but it was even more surprising that he was able to finish the full 90 uh, because you kind of need from you need pace in this mm-hmm. game uh, and again, going back to the Barcelona game, had Barcelona had Usman Dembele, uh, one of their only players with pace, perhaps it 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 be Barcelona who were playing that final on Saturday instead of Liverpool. Oh no question. And I mean, if you think about too when you look at pace and who who would be able to you know make those creative plays. You look at Deli Ali didn't do much either. No, he's and, alongside Eric Dyer. They've had pretty disappointing seasons. They have, and it. 
you look at a guy like Lucas Moore, I'm just surprised it took so long. I thought that would be one of the guys that as soon as you sense things weren't going well, it'd be your spark plug. And they just, for some reason, held on to him. But, I mean, Dele Ali and Eric Dyer, it's just being, and we saw Eric Dyer in this game as well, just just a frustrating, just a f- just a frustrating game for Tottenham, but I, I think looking big picture, it it doesn't take away from, from what was a tremendous season for them, and it's a, it's almost you listening to the the post game broadcast. I thought they hit the nail on the head that they're almost in the same spot now that Liverpool was a year ago, where they're coming off now a, a disappointing, Champions League final loss, and it's what you do in the off season following that, that can kind of lead into the next year. Yeah, and going back a bit to to Lucas Moore question, the only explanation I, I can come up with is maybe Pochettino thought that at the 70th minute when they brought him in, Liverpool's defenders would be real tired. Yeah, and they and they could exploit that, but it, at the end it didn't work. Uh, you mentioned you kind of compared this to to, to Liverpool's situation last season. A lot of it's going to depend on what um, their owner does. They need an invest. This team needs an investment. Uh, they've been reluctant to spend this season, obviously. Yeah. He needs, Pochettino's mentioned it himself, he needs to spend, they need a plan yeah. and they need to invest in the team if they want to not only get back to the Champions League final, but it's it's a long shot, but fight for that title in the, in the Premier League. Yeah, you do. And I think you just have to, you have to make the statement and go for it. I mean, you beat, you beat Man City in the Champions League, you knocked them out, you're, you obviously have the ability to be able to do it. You just need to be able to do it on a more consistent basis. Um, but getting back to the start of this game, it it got off to a pretty weird start. I mean, before most people had even gotten their chairs and 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 got their popcorn ready for this game, it was one nothing off a uh, off a handball from um, Marcus Soko. In a weird way, it looked like he was pointing towards, you know, kind of lining up his defense, and Sadio Mane chipped it, went off the chest, it looked like, and then off the elbow, and called for the penalty. Mohamed Salah finished off the penalty, and just like that, two minutes in, it was one nothing Liverpool. And what do you think? What do you think of that? Because it was for most of the first half, you go on Twitter, and all you saw was the handball, handball, people discussing it. Um, and I saw people discussing it as well. Outside of that, what did you think? Because I, I was really not sure for a while. Yeah, I didn't think it was a penalty. I think it cl- clearly hits off the the chest first. Yeah. Whether the referee interprets that the deflection and the contact with with his what was it elbow was deliberate. It's, yeah. Again, that's up to interpretation from from the referee. But I think the more egregious part was that. They didn't, they didn't go to VAR. The, no one took a second yeah. look to to see if it actually was a penalty. And I think VAR, for all its shortcomings, for all the controversy, if ever there was a situation where you check VAR to make sure that the call is correct, it's in a Champions League final, especially in the opening two minutes where that goal ultimately changed changed the, the whole game. I think so. And I think the other part about that is that's one of those moments where where VAR is supposed to help you in a situation like that, where, to be completely honest, it was a weird play. It was like kind of like, wait, where did that hit off of? Because you, you immediately saw Sadio Mane call for the handball. Um, and it wasn't a play you pay a lot of attention to because it still looked like the play was still developing. And, and I think that goes, I know in, intent is supposed to be 
taken into account. I mean, you have to take into account if a guy's pointing to his defense, trying to set up his defense, and it deflects off his because it clearly went off his chest first. I think you have to take into account intent on that regard, and VAR can help you with that to see. Okay, before the play, he was setting up and he's, he was lining up his defense. I think that's what VAR is there for, and you're right because they went to VAR later in the in the first half to decide whether a, a penalty or free kick that was in almost the same. So it was just like that spot was going to decide the game. That little corner spot on. Um, it, I just feel like that's what VAR is. VAR is there whether right or whether you get the call right or wrong. That's what it's there for. Yeah, it's, it's there to help the referee, and I don't know why it wasn't used in this in this situation. But again, at, at, the, at the end of the day, you, you you can only control what you can control. Right. Uh, it, again, it, it was early on, and Spurs had eighty something minutes to to try to get back, and they just they just weren't able to. They just weren't, and I think that that second goal was was huge because right before that, Allison proved for the offensive and for the for the offseason investment he was, um, and coming off, I mean, so often you 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 know for Liverpool it was Lorius Carius, 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 Carius. It was the opposite in this game, and he was tremendous, especially right before that that second goal. I mean, Tottenham had a bunch of chances yeah, between like the 70th and 80th minute to tie it up yeah the last 10-15 minutes that's where if Tottenham was going to get a goal it was going to be there and to yeah to, to have those, some of those chances saved and then Liverpool hit you and, and score twice has to be a heartbreaker and but that that's how it goes yeah that's how it goes and it's a it's a good lesson to learn um, I know listening to a lot of the Liverpool players after the game, they talked about how they learned a lot from last season and they learned from a moment like losing in the Champions League final. I think there is there is value in that and I think it it changes the narrative for Liverpool because obviously they were coming off the tremendous disappointment. It also changes because I know you mentioned, yes, Jurgen Klopp had been in a couple Champions League finals, but he had lost all of them. I think this was huge in that sense that it it changed the narrative on Jurgen Klopp in Champions League finals and for Liverpool being able to capture something for the first time since 2005. Yeah, because had they not won it, it'd be like, okay, your your team plays attractive football and everything, but what have you got to show for it? Yeah. Uh, this final, look, I, th- I think I think it's I think we'd be remiss if we didn't if we didn't mention. That again, for the neutral, it was nowhere near yeah. a, a great final. But at the end of the day, if you're a Liverpool fan and you are a Liverpool fan, yeah, you don't care what everyone what everyone else thought of the game. Your team won the Champions League final, and that's all you, you'll care about. Right. It's it, it, sometimes finals have the tendency to be ugly, and and you know players are nervous. No matter how many Champions League finals you've been in, you're still going to be nervous, and you're still going to be tense and uptight. Um, and sometimes it's just finding a way. We we saw this a little bit. We've seen this in the past with like France and Spain, where it may not look pretty in the in the final couple of games, but they find a way to win. One nothing, two nothing, one one, or two one. And I think that's what final winning in finals comes down to is being able to win a game, even if it's even if it's ugly. Because defensively, we saw a lot of the same. Just rock solid, just not being able to get by Van Dyke and Matip, which I, I thought was another interesting lineup decision to go with Matip over Lovren 
it worked out because I mean that those two played played really well. But for Liverpool, I mean it's it's a stepping block too. I know John Henry talked after the game about how he wants to spend more money in this off season and go after Man City again. I mean that that is the stepping stone now for for Liverpool to be able to say we we need to get a Premier League title. Which is weird because it's kind of it's kind of backwards thinking in a way. Yeah, you think that the Champions League would be the goal for every team, like yeah. season after season. But for Liverpool, it seems to be it seems to be the league. Which <laughs> I get I get it because they haven't won it in in a while. But yeah, yeah it's 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 kind of it's, it's not the way I'm wired when I'm rooting for my team and, and and what they should accomplish at the end of the season. Well, now getting I mean I think anybody would would. And I, I think that was the interesting thing was Liverpool's in such a unique spot. I don't think there are many teams that are competing for Champions League titles that have never won a Premier League title I just, or any league title. I think that's the weird that's the weird dynamic that goes on with Liverpool is you can win a you can win two Champions League titles, but you can't win a league title. And this year, I mean, they did everything, but they possibly could to win a Premier League title. And I think that that's just sometimes what it comes down to is. Sometimes it just isn't isn't good enough, um, but I think it's going to be really interesting, kind of putting a bow on this to look at look at how Tottenham responds to this and look at how how they move forward from this. Obviously, didn't spend any money last off season. How they kind of take this forward has to be has to be the next step, especially if they depending on what happens with some of their players because. You'd argue Kane's not going anywhere, um, yeah. but Eriksson. I think Eriksson is probably, if you had to pick anybody from this uh, starting eleven, it's probably him, the one that is most likely to leave, course, and not yeah. because they specifically want to sell him. But you gotta assume that teams like Real Madrid may be in for him uh, during their little re- uh, rebuilding period. Yeah, I think he's the perfect guy you want in terms of. We 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 talk so much this year about Real Madrid's culture and and having the right type of players. I think he's he's the type of guy you want coming off what they were able to do this season, and especially the amount of injuries they suffered. He was kind of that kind of quiet rock that they need because eventually they're going to have to replace some of those quiet leadership guys like Luka Modric, whether that's this off season or or soon they're going to have to. Um, but bringing it back home on a on a less positive note um chicago fire they fall two nothing to atlanta united um in a game that i mean fall behind again it was like fall behind early have a couple chances and ultimately get put away with a second goal it it's a it's a frustrating end considering that since they since since they talked they talked a lot about getting this winning streak and since they got the winning streak, they get all of two points. Since they get that's, I mean, when you look at the performances against San Jose and Atlanta United, it's just really disappointing the way they've played since. Yeah, and I mean, every team goes through their their highs and lows, but for the Fire, it, it, they're re, they're either riding real high um, after those like those wins against New England, Colorado, or they're hitting their low points like like it was against uh, San Jose Earthquakes. And it, it's it's the same old story over and over. Again, you mentioned uh, the the opponent scores. The fire have a a chance to to equalize, and they don't. On this occasion, it was a, a free kick by Nico Gaetan, who who has looked 
spectacular ever since coming back from injury. It looks like he hasn't he hasn't missed a step. Delivers a, a, a cross from a set piece to Calvo, who really should be putting that away. It, it was pretty much an open header, and he heads it wide. And then that's it, after that again, it, it was the difference in this game was in Atlanta United, you, you had a team who had, what, three or four chances? Mm-hmm. They converted to Joseph Martinez converted uh, both of them. The Fire, again, had three or four chances, but no one was able to put those away. That's the difference between being at the top of the table or close to it, like a team uh, Atlanta, or being down in the bottom trying to scratch your way to a playoff spot like the Fire find themselves in right now. It's it, This team is so frustrating in a way to watch because they they cr- they do... They do everything they need to do in order to create the opportunities. Create, I mean, you you create the opportunities that they create on a on a game by game basis. At a certain point, you almost have to sit there and, and if you're and and I think he deserves blame too. But Belkovanovic, at a certain point, you have to sit back and say, what else do we have to do? Because we're creating all these good chances, like we talked about with the free kick and and you know it. it we're we're getting exactly where we need to get. We're just not finishing any of the chances, and it's you're depend. It's again you're depending on guys like Nikolic, who's a DP. He should you're you're investing in him for to do that sort of job, and it's frustrating when you can cons- when you consider you get Nico Gaetan back. He looks fantastic. He envisions exactly the way you envisioned, and you're getting absolutely no results out of it. Yeah, and, and even Panovic mentioned it uh, during the the halftime interview he did. Uh, I think it was with uh, a sideline report from Univision yeah. when they asked him about his, his thoughts about the first half. He summed it up well. He says they they, they dominated the game. Again, you could argue whether they, they did or not. Yeah. But he mentioned that they had their chances that they couldn't convert it. That's, that, that's been their problem all season, uh, and it has. And you brought up Nikolic. I think this is his first start in like two games. Yeah. He didn't get he didn't get many opportunities, uh, so I don't, you can't really place the blame uh, for him on this right. one. But yeah, they, they they have no they really have no player right now that you look at and you say, oh, when when he gets in position to score a goal, he's he's gonna he's gonna put that in the back of the net. At this point, you're 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 kind of looking at the game. Whenever a chance is created, you're you're, you're thinking, oh, who who's gonna miss it this time? Yeah, and uh, and it's frustrating not only for. For someone who covers the team, for someone who's a fan of the team, it's got to be frustrating for the players as well. Oh, I think the frustration has to be kind of building, and it's 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 one of those things where this break this break could do them a lot of good, and it's how they come out of this break. Obviously, when they come back to league play, they're going to have a U.S. Open Cup game, um, but when they come out of league play, they're going to be back at home against Real Salt Lake. To me, that game is just huge to kind of shape the narrative of what this break was able to do for you because obviously there's been some players Johan Kapilov came back in this game um they got Gaetan back this is this is pretty much your full squad now and what you do coming out of this Raheem Edwards is back as well just got him back I think this break could do them a lot of good in that sense to kind of breathe take a second take stock on where you are and now the frustration has to be building I mean they they should have won the DC United game yeah, they were up two nothing in like the first fifteen minutes. Should have won that, and um, and we saw how quickly that game changed. And I think 
you look at they when you look back at this this first bit of the season, they're going to look at the missed opportunities that they've had, and it's it's going to it at a certain point it costs you. And we're getting later into the season now where points do start to matter, and you've put a lot of pressure on yourself to go to a place like Atlanta United to go. I mean, they've got points at DC United and and at LAFC, which they deserve credit for, but. You've put yourself in a hole by other drop points. Yeah, and to build on that frustration, Dex McCarty, who, who's always good for a quote, yeah. always honest, uh, maybe sometimes too, too fault or sometimes maybe the team wishes he wasn't as, as honest as he is. Uh, yeah, his, his quotes after the game two were interesting, where he pretty much said, "This is it's unacceptable. We're 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 trying to get into the playoffs." Uh, he didn't call anyone specifically out, but he said. Uh, not quoting verbatim here, but just to sum it up, he said something to the effect that if you don't want to be here and if you're not going to contribute, well, then you don't belong here. Yeah. And and again, he, he, he didn't call anyone out, but that lets you know that there's frustration in the locker room and that he believes that there are players who who maybe aren't giving their best. And that sometimes you need a, a, a leader to step up and be able to say that. It might it might rub some people the wrong way, but I... You know in that locker room who those those players know exactly who who they're talking about, and it's it's easy to see, and it it means a lot when it comes from a guy like Dex McCarty, and to, and to look, and I think one of the things this team we've heard them say all year, but they've got expectations, and I I think it, it it's good that there are players like Dex McCarty that have higher expectations that need to be able to say we need this is where we need to get this season. It's not about building for the future or building for next year like last season was a disappointment and right now this season you could argue is being disappointing as well i mean the lineup you know you had calvo you had schweinsteiger you had kapilov you had corrales you have everybody on the back line that you you could ask for and i i think the other disappointing thing is to come out and give up an early goal coming off the dc united game this this team doesn't seem to be able to rebound in games like these. No, no, you're you're right. It it also kind of seems like whenever they give up a, a goal, especially on the road, they kind of hang their heads a little bit. Yeah. I think another thing is there's really been no consistency with regards to the lineup. Yeah. What worked with what worked uh, in that what two game winning streak that they had was they had a, I believe they had it was Kabelhoff, Schweinsteiger, Calvo. And then on the wings, you had Frankowski and Corrales. Yeah. He's kind of changed that a bit. Uh, we saw in this game, uh, Frankowski didn't start. He came off the bench. Yep. I don't, I, don't know if he, I don't know if he was trying to tinker too much or he just felt that it wasn't working. Again, that, that injury to Gaetan may have, may, have, uh, may have changed a lot of things. But also, it's, I don't know. It's tough to explain because you see certain things go right or certain players do well, and then uh, they seem to go away from that. Uh, another example is Mo Adams. Yeah. Who, we haven't seen Mo Adams yeah, in a month. Yeah, we, we haven't seen him start a game in a while, and for when they moved uh, Schwarzenegger back to center back, he was the guy that was brought in and, and played very well. And now, yeah, he's, he's on the bench. Like, I get that they want to have Georgie in there again to give them more offense, but... I don't know. It's it's tough to explain. Well, again, this game too. When when you when you look at Mo Adams and what we had to say about him earlier this year, 
we talked about unless it's due to injury, he shouldn't be out of the starting lineup. Okay, like if if there's certain games or matchups work better, fine. But to me, in this game, when you look at Joseph Martinez and what Mo Adams has been able to do well all year is kind of that man-marking guy and be able to take on a responsibility and, and shut down a team's best player, to me, that has Mo Adams written all over it. And to think, I mean, you could have definitely, I, I think you could have brought Mihalovic off the bench and then gone with kind of that lineup that we've seen him go before where they go the back three, they go McCarty and, and Adams, and then you have Frankowski out on the right and... Um, Corrales on the left. Corrales on the left, yeah. I think that would have worked in this situation because you could have just... He's like the guy, the one guy that you couldn't let hurt you beat you twice, and it cost you three points. I think this game was tailor-made for Mo Adams, and I also think... The frustrating thing about Frankowski is what we've seen Frankowski do so well is, and where the fire have used him is is his speed, and his speed has been, when we've seen this fire offense be at its at its best, it's been Gaetan and obviously, and Frankowski creating that speed to create opportunities. Well, last game we saw him shift back to right back due to necessity, took him out of the game really. He wasn't able to do what he'd been able to do. In this game, he comes off the bench. I don't feel like they're, he's one of their best players, and I don't feel like he's quite being used the way that best helps the fire. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Again, it, it's back to what we were saying earlier. It it still doesn't seem like they know what their their best lineup is. And yeah. if you want to say that Frankowski was rested because he's been playing a lot, well, you have, what, a two-week break coming up? Yeah. Like, everyone should have been available to start. You should have. And you're playing the champions yeah. from last season. Uh it's yeah. not really the game to rest no. people. You need everything, especially when you when you talk about the fire. I mean, they're trying to get to where Atlanta United is and be consistently consistently a threat. And especially, I think the one thing, looking at the second half of the year, is, again, you see how good Atlanta is at home. The fire need to get to there, and they need to, they need to be able to secure points at home because, again, when, when you have to go to Atlanta United, then it's... You know, it's not as must win or doesn't feel as pressing as it as it is right now or DC United. This was a tough road trip and again to only get one out of six points is a disappointment. Yes, but again, uh, on the other hand on paper, you yeah. would have <laughs> You would have taken it. You would have yeah. taken a point, but after how well you played against DC, get yeah. only com- coming away with a point there is disappointing. Yeah, and, and you mentioned that they're not they're in win now mode. They're not really looking for the, for towards the future, so to speak. And you, you really can because uh, Nikolic his his contract ends this season. Yeah. Schweinsteiger uh, again with him. It's always year to year. This might be his last year. Because yeah, you cause you don't know what you're gonna have next season. Yeah. You, you do know what you have now. You have a team that on paper is interesting and should be somewhere in the middle of the pack right now. But they're they're not. I think they're right now. They're in ninth place, two places out of a a playoff spot. And the teams that are in front of them, some of them have played one or, or two games fewer. Yeah. So you're, you're already behind the eight ball there. They're gonna have the chance to pick up points. Um, but I think looking looking the fire this break will probably do them a little bit good just to to refresh because it has been a tough stretch when you look at who they've had to play, where they've had to play. Arguably, some of their toughest games are out the way now. Looking at 
the trip to LAFC done, trip to DC United done, and trip to Atlanta United done. I mean, they have they have played some tough games on the road. Yeah, but if you want to be a good team, if you want to be in the playoffs, these are the games where okay, you might not win, you at least want to draw, or you at least want to leave a good impression. Yeah, and you could argue that they've done it in some. But then you look at that San Jose game, that the game away against NYCFC, where where they really struggled. It's they just they have to be they have to get better on the road. They they just have to. They do, and their next game will be June twenty second against Real Salt Lake, and then New York Red Bulls are are right after that. Um, but they'll be back in action on in the U.S. Open Cup against St. Louis FC. That'll be on on June eleventh, um, and that. I think wraps up what what we have for you today. Um, we have we'll have coming up soon. We'll have a preview of the U.S. Um, of the Women's World Cup, which starts just a few days from now. It's coming up real fast. Uh, we've got Gold Cup coming up, um, so be sure to stay tuned for all of that. Um, oh, uh, just real quick, uh, just to send our condolences to yeah. the family of Jose and Tony Reyes, former yeah. Arsenal and uh, Sevilla man who tragically passed away on Saturday uh, in a car accident. Yes, and also our best wishes um, to those of you who didn't see there was a Liverpool fan missing after the after the game that I know there's a there's a search still going on for them, so best wishes to, to them as well. Um, for more updates on the uh, on the Gold Cup and, you, and Women's World Cup, you can uh, check out the Chicago Tribune, 90 Minutes, our website, or follow 90 Minutes CT on Twitter and Instagram, or on Facebook, 90 Minutes Chicago Tribune, um, or find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Player FM. Is it still um, called iTunes? Yeah, I think so. Uh, the only reason I mention it is because, what, I think over the weekend it came out that uh, Apple is going to get rid of it. Oh, really? They're going to get rid of iTunes, so everyone who has a place on there may not get it. Yeah, I remember, I remember when iTunes uh, came in a CD, you had to put it into your computer and, and yeah that uh, gives you how gives it what kind of how old i am no way that's really crazy i didn't know about that yeah um i mean i i think it is kind of dying out with like spotify coming along and i, yeah, plus I know was, a lot of people like that yeah it was kind of clunky it took up a lot of a lot of memory on your computer itunes it, it did it did and i and you always have to purchase songs and you have to purchase everything it it you always it, have to update it you have to update it it flashes up i know everybody knows what i'm talking about it flashes up on your screen you have to update update or purchase this or your password always seems to be expired um but feel free to give us your your feedback on itunes or anything else relating to the champions league give us your thoughts on what what you thought about this this um this champions league final and and where the fire need to go from here um give us a follow or retweet on on twitter facebook let us know um we'll be back um Oh, just real quick, uh, where can they find you on social media? Yeah, you can find me at, at Andrew Hats. You can find me at Ernesto HDZ underscore on Twitter. Or find, yeah, you can even find uh, Juan at Pimiento Football. Give him, give him a shout out on vacation. I'm sure he'd, yeah. he'd, really, en- he'd really enjoy that. Um, but we'll be back soon. Keep, be sure to stay tuned and, and, and check out the website for, for the latest updates on the fire and more. Have a good day.